The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. Amen. Let's get into the Word of the Lord and the time we have left with each other. And I want to thank you also for those of you that tuned in to the, uh, the, the International Covenant Connection uh, Regional Leadership Conference yesterday when we talked about change and transition. And that was a very challenging conference. We had never done it that way before. We had some technical problems. And part of the, part of the problem was we were using two separate platforms. And we were using two separate set of technologies. And some things went bad at the most importune time. Uh, but you know, like they says, uh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Murphy's Law. But uh, I, I thank God he gave us victory over those uh, technical gremlins. But those of you that registered for the conference, aren't you glad we didn't charge you for that conference? So you get what you pay for. But those of you that registered for the conference, you should have received by now a link to view the entire conference. You, you know, uh, tech, technical problems uninterrupted. You can view the whole conference, and it's only like an hour. Uh, I think it's hour 10, 20 minutes. It's not a, a very long time. But you can go back and listen to all the presentations. But thank you so much for your faithfulness uh, for supporting ICC and our regional leadership conference. Now it's time for the word of the Lord. Will you open your Bibles with me? Open your Bibles to me with me to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, I want you to look at verse 31. Then God saw everything he had made, and indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, oftentimes, people get confused reading Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, because when you go on to chapter 2, it says that in verse 7, then the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground. Well, please notice that man, man was created on the sixth day, just like chapter 1 tells us. What chapter 2 does, it gives us the details of what happened on the sixth day. But here on the sixth day, Genesis 1, verse 31 says, Then God saw that everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And so the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Chapter 2, verse 25. Chapter 2, verse 25. Turn there. And they were both naked, speaking of Adam and Eve. This is before the fall, before they disobeyed God. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Please notice that Adam and Eve were buck naked, but they didn't make any judgments about it. 
Here they do not make a judgment apart from God. God didn't call it naked, and neither did they see themselves naked, but they were naked. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now when you look at Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 5. This is after the the serpent had deceived the woman, had beguiled Eve. Verse 5, the serpent says to her, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The temptation that the devil is making to Eve is that if you disobey God, then you'll be able to make judgments apart from God. Now look at verse 7. This is after they disobeyed God, after they ate of the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that tree in the middle of the garden. Verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Why did they do this? Well, they made a judgment apart from God. They judged themselves as being naked. And because of that judgment, they felt guilt. Thank you. There's more things I need to continue to talk about, but guilt. Doesn't matter if it's true guilt or false guilt. Guilt is still a painful feeling that we have. It's a painful feeling of, 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 of remorse that we have because we have believed that we have done something wrong or we believe that we have did something immoral. And it causes that self-reproach. Guilt is a problem. What guilt does, guilt makes every one of us that feel guilty about anything, it makes us feel deserving of blame and punishment. What guilt does, it robs you of your joy. It robs you of your sense of self-worth. What guilt does, it hinders you from receiving all the blessings of God. That's what guilt does. So the question is, where does guilt come from? Where does guilt come from? Who is the source of guilt? Is it God? Is it the devil? Or is it other people? We're going to talk about the source of guilt. Is God the source of our guilt? Don't be be afraid to talk back to me. Is God the source of our guilt? Well, how could God be the source of your guilt? Why would you blame your guilt on God? When Revelation 13, 8 tells us there was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world, that lamb was slain for your redemption. Why would he who redeems you be the same one to condemn you? Huh? Huh? Then Isaiah 43, verse 25, which I love quoting, where God says, 
I, even I, am he who blotteth out your sin for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins no more. Why would it be God being the source of your guilt when he's the one who wants to blot out your sins that cause you guilt? Then Isaiah chapter, chapter 65, verse 24, the Lord says, and, and it shall come to pass that even before they call, I will answer them. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. That doesn't sound like a God who's responsible for my guilt. God is the one who provides the remedy for guilt. And if you've been listening over the last several weeks, what is the remedy for guilt? The remedy for guilt is forgiveness. And what is the essence of forgiveness? It's wholeness, wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives us of all our iniquities? And he heals us of all our diseases. God is not the one who causes us to feel guilty. He is the one to redeem us from the guilt, to deliver us from the guilt. So it's not God. Then maybe it's the devil, right? You blame everything else on the devil? Did you blame your guilt feelings on the devil? Huh? Is it the devil? Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. In the vision of Jesus Christ that John the Apostle saw when he was banished out on the island of Patmos, Jesus appeared to John. And John said in verse 10, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren has been cast down who accuses them before our God day and night. Who is the accuser? Who is the accuser? That worthy accuser there is the slanderer. Who's been slandering your name? Who's been lying on you? It is the devil's job to accuse you. It is the devil's job to slander you. Remember the book of Job when the sons of God came to present themselves to God. Satan came along with them. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? And then Satan immediately began to accuse Job. Now, understand something. John said, now. He said, I heard a loud voice saying, now is come salvation and strength. The kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Why? Because our accuser who accuses the brethren before our God, both day and night, he's been cast down. Satan's role is to be accuser. The truth is Satan has no power. He has only the power you relegate to him. If you believe the lies of the devil, if you believe the accusations, if you believe the slander, you relegate power to him. But John says, what has come to every one of us now is salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. Why? Because Satan has been cast down. He's been cast down. So is it the devil who is the source of our guilt? Is it the devil? 
People stand up in church all the time and talk about how bad the devil is and how much power he has. How can you have an almighty God who's infinite in power and still have a devil who possesses any power? We need to reconcile that. I remember in Genesis chapter 17, God spoke to Abraham and says, Abraham, he says, I am the almighty God. Be thou perfect. Walk before me and be thou perfect. God did not say to Abraham, I am the almost mighty God. Didn't say that. He says, I am the almighty God. And if it's all, there's none left. Come on. And he says, you be perfect. And we need to be perfect in our understanding that the devil has no power over us as long as we, we are covered by the blood of Jesus. See, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And as long as we believe in the power of the blood, the devil has no power over us. He can lay all he wants. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, he told the Jews, he said, you have your father, the devil. And he was a murderer from the beginning. Jesus says, your, your father speaks of his own resources. And he's a liar. That's right, Jesus called him a liar. You have every right to call him a liar. So he's a liar and he's the father of lies. So why would you believe the devil? He lied to the first woman. He lied to Eve. He told Eve, you're going to be just like God. God knows that. When you start making judgments apart from God, then you're going to be just like God. But when they made that judgment apart from God, they opened their eyes. They felt guilt and shame because they saw they were naked. They felt so much guilt, so much shame to the point they had to take aprons, leaves, sew them together to cover their nakedness. Anything you attribute power to other than God himself is an idol. Let me say it again. Anything you attribute power to other than God himself, that's your idol. David, in Psalm 62, verse 11, David says, God has spoken once, and twice it's been said that power belong unto the Lord. When Jesus rose from the dead, what did he say? He said, all power, all power in heaven and earth is given into my hand. He didn't say most power. He didn't say some power. He said, all power. And David says, God has already spoke this once, and I've heard it twice. That power belong unto the Lord. Then in Isaiah 48, verse 11, Isaiah 48, verse 11 says, God says, how shall I profane my name? How shall my name be profane that I will give my glory to another? When you ascribe power to the devil, you're giving glory to the devil. The devil is a liar. The devil didn't make you do that. The devil didn't make you feel that. The devil doesn't have you on a guilt trip. 
We need to give the devil his just due, and that is he's a liar. Just a big liar. Like some folk you know. If the devil's like some people you know, if you see their mouth moving, you know they're lying. Because that's all they do is lie. Huh? So who is the source of your guilt? Until you know the source of your guilt, you're not going to take responsibility for what you feel. It's always going to be God, the devil, somebody else. Is it other people bothering you, making you feel guilty? Are you blaming somebody else for a decision you made? You're blaming somebody else about how you feel. Those are your feelings. You got to own up to your own feelings because they're yours. If you're feeling it, then you need to get rid of it or own it. Did you hear what I said? Huh? And what's interesting about when we start blaming other people, if you don't know that other people have judged you, you never feel guilt about it. You only feel guilt about it when you hear about it. Then, then, then when you hear that they judged you, then you feel guilt. How is it that you felt guilt when you heard what other folks were saying, but you didn't feel any guilt before they said it? And the deed was already done. Why? Huh? I thought we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, that everything the Lord made was very good. Did God make you? Are you fearfully and wonderfully made? Did God make you? If God made you, then he made you very good. And if God made you very good, you got to stop allowing other people to have power over your life. Because of what they think and what they say, now you feel guilty about it. Why? What did God say about it? Huh? Now, here's the thing we have to understand. In the creation on the sixth day, you know, God was finished on the sixth day. He rested on the seventh day. And God looked at his creation at the created man, and he said, everything I've made, it is very good. You see, all of God's judgments, listen to me, all of God's judgments is based on what he made. He only, he only, he only made a judgment of what he made. Let me say it again. All of God's judgments are based on what he made. See, right and wrong doesn't originate from God. It originates from the tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. Right and wrong doesn't originate from God. God told Adam, he commanded the man, he said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but that tree that's in the middle of the garden, that tree of the knowledge of right and wrong, you shall not eat of that tree. From the day you do, you shall surely die. And when spiritual death set into Adam and Eve, God wasn't the source of it. So right and wrong doesn't originate from God. And let me tell you why. Because right and wrong is always the result of death. He said the day you mess around with right and wrong, the day you mess around with making judgments, that's the day you're surely going to die. Hmm? Right and wrong originates from death. But God is not a God of death. He's a God of eternal life. There is no death in eternal life. 
God is life. Everybody say that. God is life. And if you got God in your life, you need to be living your life. How many hear what I'm saying? God is life. Glory to God. So who's the source of your guilt? You know, one time, I got time to tell a story. Joyce and I was down in Mexico. We were on vacation at an all-inclusive resort. And lo and behold, we ran into a couple, Christian folk. In fact, they used to be members of my church when I passed to the other church. And they were glad to see us, we would have thought. But they happened to be at the liquor bar. They were juicing it up. And when they saw us, you would have thought they saw a ghost. How in the world did Pastor Jerry and Pastor Joyce find out about us all the way down in Mexico? It's a small world after all. We didn't speak on them drinking their liquor. We didn't condemn them. We greeted them. Hi, good to see you. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. But why did they feel guilt and shame? It wasn't because of us. Because we never condemned them. And you know, a lot of you Christians are like that. You go on vacation. Let's keep it real. You go on vacation. You go to those all-inclusive, you buy those all-inclusive packages. And, and years ago, this includes cigarettes. They cut the cigarettes out. But this includes cigarettes and all alcoholic beverages. And so you're going to get your beer. You're going to get your, your drink because you want to get your money's worth. But soon as you get back to RDU, then you're sanctified again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You need to keep it real. Can I give you the word on that? Can I give you the word on that? Romans chapter 14, verse 22 tells us, if you have faith to do anything, if you have faith, have it to yourself before God. For happy is the man that condemneth not himself in the thing he allows. Why are you condemning yourself over what you allowed, what you decided to do? And your justification was, it's not a sin. If it wasn't a sin that led you to do it, why is it a sin when other church folk come around? Hello, somebody. Then they're going to fly off their head and say, yeah, yeah, don't be a judge of me. No, 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 you just judge yourself. I'm not judging you. I'm walking in the light. Oh, by the way, we were there a week, and every time we saw them, they would avoid us. <laughs> Oh, boy. They would avoid us. Like, we, we, we weren't going to condemn them. They were condemned them themselves. They were the source of their guilt. Glory to God. So if you have faith to do something, and a lot of you have faith to do things, a lot of you, I've never been to, most of you have never darkened the door in your homes. But you don't have to start putting up stuff when I come. Hiding stuff. Because I'm not going to condemn you. Did you hear what I'm saying? And I heard some of your homes, 
You got more liquor than, 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 than they have in the taverns in some of your homes. But I don't judge you. Now, if you got faith to have all that liquor in your house, bottle after bottle, you got faith, then have it to yourself before God, Romans says. Have it to yourself before God because happy is he who condemneth not himself in the thing he allows. If you allowed it, why are you feeling guilty about it? You'll never be blessed that way. You see, you, you, feel, like, you feel like you have it in faith in your house. But, in, but out, out in public around other Christians, you feel like you don't want to do that. In fact, you may even condemn somebody to do it, even though you do it at home. James 1.8 says, a double-minded man, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he will receive anything of the Lord. You cannot have two minds over decisions you made about choices in your life. So if it's wrong in public, it ought to be wrong at home. Huh? Now, I know there's another nuance to this that I'm not getting into where we don't do things that a weak brother or sister might be able to handle. We don't do things that cause that weak brother or sister to stumble. I'm not dealing with that. Hmm? So if you know that a brother is weak or a sister's weak, maybe you need to start hiding stuff before they come to your house. Because you're not hiding out of guilt, you're hiding it because you don't want them to stumble because of their lack of understanding and their lack of maturity. Hmm? So who's the source of your guilt? Beloved, in closing, we are. We are the sources of our guilt. How many times has anybody ever went off on you and said, don't be trying to judge me? And you weren't judging them. They just felt guilty within themselves. They were the source of their own guilt. So in closing, let me say this. Truth be told, it's really not what other folks say that bothers you. It's what you think about what they said that bothers you. huh? And because you think that way about what they said, you begin to condemn yourself. You are the source of your guilt. So let me give you some advice. If you really want to get on with your life, how many of you want to get on with your life? Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. If you want to get on your life, then you need to get your arms around these two things. Number one, God doesn't condemn. God will never condemn you. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not of the flesh but of the spirit. Then number two, you got to stop condemning yourself. And when you stop condemning yourself, look around. There won't be anybody else condemning you because it doesn't matter what they think or what they say because your decisions were made in faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we and we alone are always the cause of our guilt. I am out of time. We'll pick this up next Sunday. Amen. Amen.
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.